and Happy New Year. I'm so hoping that we'd be able to get to the other side of COVID without having to close the church down again, but it wasn't to be. And so here on a Saturday morning, Dustin Krantz and I find ourselves in the worship center alone filming this. Um, we don't have to worry about infecting one another because we've both had uh, coronavirus. But my sincere apologies for having to make the decision to meet virtually like this. It just seemed like with the number of people on our staff and, and our volunteers uh, that have the virus or have been exposed to someone with the virus and are in quarantine, it seemed like this was the most responsible thing for us to do. But I do want to say that we do plan on meeting as normal next week. So unless you hear differently from us, please plan on meeting uh, again normally next week uh, in person. And if, uh, if something happens different, we will make sure to let you know. Thank you so much for your patience with us. Let me say a quick word of prayer before we look into the scriptures. Lord Jesus Christ, uh, 2020 has been a very difficult for year on many different fronts for people all over the world. Lord, this morning as we wait and transition between not having a vaccine for this pand pandemic and getting to the other side of the pandemic, pray that you would give us wisdom as to how to wait. Speak to us through the scriptures this morning about how to use the time in a way that would strengthen us, not weaken us. And we thank you that there are places in scripture that we can go to, to be encouraged and to find wisdom and inspiration. And so speak to us, give us ears to hear this morning, give us eyes to see. And it is in Christ's name that we pray, amen. After he was wounded uh, during World War I, the famous novelist er Ernest Hemingway had over 237 pieces of shrapnel removed from his body by army surgeons. And as you can probably imagine, the recovery time from that, while he waited for his body to heal, was long. It was an extremely long period of time. The experience turned out to be formative for Hemingway, though, because he found that the long and stressful recovery that he and fellow patients uh, had to endure tended to bring out the true nature of the person. Some were strengthened by the weight. Some were shown to be shallow and immature. And that observation became the basic storyline for Hemingway's novels. He would put seemingly good people into difficult situations in which they were forced to wait. Wait through times of combat, wait in anticipation of deadly bulls, or during long despairing days adrift at sea. Hemingway's thesis was that these scenes would enable us to see what these people are really made of. The waiting doesn't break people, he claimed, but instead reveals who they really are. 2020 will be remembered for many things, not the least of which is a year in which we were forced to do a lot of waiting. In a culture that prides itself on our product productivity and in which our favorite reply to the question, how are you doing, is busy, we had no choice but to sit still and wait. We waited for a lot of things. We waited for the, clear, uh, for the all clear sign as we sheltered uh, in place back in the spring. Many of us have waited for results from tests for COVID. Some of us have waited to recover from COVID. Some of us had, have waited while we were quarantined at home because of exposure to someone with the virus. And of course, all of us have waited for a vaccine that might bring an end to this pandemic. 
It seems to me that as we move into 2021, that the human race finds itself in an awkward period of transition, no longer waiting for a vaccine, but still unable to enter the promised land of a new normal, whatever that will look like. We're in the heart of a transition, which I think is one of the most difficult places to be in some ways, because it's neither a place of rest, nor is it home. It's a, it's a place of restless anticipation. It's an awkward place. It's difficult to know what we do, what to do as we wait. And in fact, that's the question. What should we do as we wait in this transition period between now and the other side of COVID? How can we use this time of transition as a time that will strengthen us rather than weaken us? And I suspect that this is going to sound very, very odd to many of you. But it seems to me that the best place for us to go this morning for wisdom and for inspiration on how to live in the midst of a transition like this, I think the best place for us to go is to one of the least read books in the Bible, the book of Deuteronomy. Only books I think that are read less in the Bible are probably the two that come before it, Leviticus and Numbers. Even the name of the book, uh, Deuteronomy, even the name sounds boring. But I think if you'll think for a moment with me about the circumstances of the book, I think you'll see why it's relevant to us. The first book of, uh, the first verse of the book of Deuteronomy spells it out, I think, very well. It says, these are the words that Moses spoke to all Israel in the wilderness east of the Jordan. Now, on the surface, that might not sound particularly relevant to you, but here's where we are. If you know your Old Testament history, the people of Israel have wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. By the end of the book that precedes Deuteronomy, the book of Numbers, the Hebrew people aren't wandering in the wilderness any longer. Instead, they're standing on the banks of the swollen Jordan River, close enough to see the promised land, but separated by a treacherous river over which there is no bridge. And so they're camped east of the Jordan, forced to wait. No longer wandering in the past, but unable to enter their future. They're in transition. And you see, one of the reasons that Deuteronomy isn't read very often is that there isn't much action in it. In fact, at the end of Deuteronomy, the people of Israel are still camping east of the Jordan. The narrative hasn't advanced any. Deuteronomy halts the forward march of the Hebrew people and forces them and us as readers to wait in transition. And what are we expected to do as we wait on the banks of the promised land? Well, we're forced to listen to a long, meandering sermon by a very old man named Moses, in which he does what old men tend to do. He retells stories that we've heard before in the previous books. But if you listen closely, there's, there's a method to Moses' madness. He's not just retelling stories for the sake of retelling stories. He's taking a beat here with the people of Israel in order to prepare them for their future on the other side of the river in the promised land. And we're invited to join them in this place that they find themselves in, in between their past and their future, and to listen in as Moses preaches to these people in transition. Does that sound familiar to you? Being in a place of transition, no longer waiting in the past, but no longer enter, able to enter the future? 
as Moses preaches to the people of Israel, he's going back, he's going back through the Ten Commandments. Now, the Ten Commandments were originally introduced in the book of Exodus. But when Moses gets to the fourth commandment, the commandment to keep the Sabbath, he does something different. It's easy to miss. But if we'll pay close attention to it, I think we'll find something that can help us live in the in-between time that we find ourselves in today, between 2020 and the promised land that we long for on the other side of COVID. Listen to what he says. It's found in chapter 15 and verse 15. Chapter 15 and verse 15. Moses says, says, remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. It's that first verse, or for, excuse me, first word in that verse. The word remember. It's so easy to miss. But the call to remember echoes over 40 times throughout the book of Deuteronomy. It's one of the distinctive themes of the book, remember. And this is what's so striking about it. We already know that Deuteronomy is simply repeating material found in previous books. Yet the word remember is noticeably absent from previous books. If you take uh, Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers, the four books that come before Deuteronomy, if you take those books and combine them, the word remember only appears 12 times across all of those books combined. And in nearly every case, the word remember shows up as something God does. It refers to God remembering his covenant with his people. But you see, Deuteronomy reverses that. It's a call for us to remember God's faithfulness in the past to us. And this this passage is just one of the many times that this theme shows up Deuteronomy 15 let me listen listen to some of the echoes of Deuteronomy 15 in other passages in the book Deuteronomy chapter 5 for example remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand Deuteronomy 7 remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all of Egypt chapter 8 remember the long way that the Lord your God has led you through these 40 years in the wilderness. Chapter 16, remember that you were a slave in Egypt. Chapter 24, remember what the Lord your God did to Miriam on your journey out of Egypt. And then finally, one more time, in chapter 32, for good measure, remember the days of old. Consider the years long past. Ask your father, and he will inform you, your elders, and they will tell you 40 times. 40 times throughout the book of Deuteronomy, this word remember shows up. And here it is. You see, here it is. This is the the point. While we live in between, while we're in transition, we're called to remember. And if you're wondering, what am I supposed to do in these next few months as, as I'm waiting for what's next on the other side of COVID? What can strengthen me instead of weakening me during this time? Because I'm so tired of waiting. One answer that Deuteronomy offers is to remember what God has done for you, what God has done for us in the past. Why? Why that word? Why is remembering 
so important. I'd like to suggest two things that remembering does. One is that it reminds us who we are. Let me explain that. You may have noticed that Moses was very specific about what he wanted the people of Israel to remember, what he wanted them to focus on. He kept pointing back to their slavery in Egypt. And how God had intervened into time and space and freed them from their slavery in Egypt through a series of miracles that would finally bring Pharaoh to his knees. And you see, remembering their slavery in Egypt and how God had rescued them from slavery reminded them of their identity as children of God. They were not just any ordinary nation of people. They were a people chosen by, rescued by, formed by the creator of the world. They were, as the Old Testament would later refer to them, the apple of God's eye, chosen, beloved, special. And you see, remembering how God intervened into your life when you were lost, when you were a slave to sin, helpless to rescue yourself, and when he rescued you through the cross of Christ, that has the power to ground your identity as a favored one of God. Chosen, predestined, as the apostle Paul says in the book of Ephesians, to be adopted into sonship through Jesus Christ, blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, one who is deeply loved, accepted, justified, Forgiven, alive, indwelt by the very Spirit of God. There is power, you see, in knowing who you are. And in times of transition, like the one we find ourselves in now, we're called to remember the past so that we might know who we are in the future. But remembering what God has done for us in the past also has the power Not just to remind us who we are, not just to ground us in our identity, but it also has the power to generate hope in times of transition for the future. If you know anything about Israel's history after God rescued them from slavery as they wandered in the wilderness, you know that they were anything but a people of stellar faith and pristine Uh, holiness. They were disobedient. They were rebellious. They were stiff-necked, to name just a few of their traits. But notice that Moses doesn't command them to remember all of their failures, all of their sins, all of their missteps, all of their shortcomings. No, he, he commands them to remember God's faithfulness to them in the past. Not their faithfulness to God, but God's faithfulness to them. His guidance and provision for them, the miracles he did for them all through their wandering in the wilderness despite their unfaithfulness to him. Remember God's faithfulness despite your unfaithfulness. You know, every single one of us has our own stories of how COVID affected our lives in 2020 and how it coincided with other perhaps painful things that we experienced. Loss of health, loss of loved ones. Some of you lost jobs this year and more. For me, COVID coincided with my 60th birthday. 
And more than any other birthday marking a new decade in my life, 60 has come as a daunting dose of reality that the window on my life is closing. And the rate at which it is closing only seems to pick up speed with every year. I mean, in 10 years, I'm going to be 70 years old, and that seems impossible to me. In all of the waiting over the course of the past year and, and all of the isolation, I have found myself ruminating on the past a lot, and not just the past in general, but remembering all of the mis mistakes and missteps and regrets I have, and all of the stupid decisions I've made, all of the irresponsible decisions, the people that I've hurt, time that I've wasted, and so forth. And if I'm not careful, I can find myself wallowing in that which only begets discouragement, which tends to beget more wallowing, which tends to beget more discouragement. And so I find myself trapped in this vicious cycle of regrets and failures and losses. Moses' command to the people of Israel to remember not their failures and shortcomings and faithlessness, but to remember God's faithfulness is a tremendous jolt of hope to me. And it can be for you too. You see, the things that we choose to remember about our past are the things that shape our perspective on the future. I can wallow. I mean, I'm really good at wallowing. In fact, it's one of my spiritual gifts. I can wallow in my failures and my regrets and, and sins. And the, I can wallow in the things that people have done to me that hurt me deeply. Or I can choose to remember God's faithfulness to me through all of that. How he brought me through every difficult time. How he redeemed my failures and losses and even my sins. How he was faithful to me even in the midst of my bad decisions, my dumb decisions. Remembering God's faithfulness in the past is a faith builder during times of transition and uncertainty. And you see, all of life really is lived between our memory of the past and our imagination of the future, like a, like a rudder on, our sh on a ship. Our memories powerfully shape and direct our vision of the future. You see, that's the second reason that Moses calls Israel to remember. God wants us to dig up memories of the times that he has broken into our lives and encountered us in amazing ways. And it's, it's strange how quickly we forget these things. God seems to know this about us, that we forget these things so quickly, that we have short-lived and often fragile memories, because over and over he calls the people of Israel to commemorate those moments, those events. Whether it was with stones that were stacked by a river or tying tassels on the four corners of their Garments, Moses exhorted the people of Israel repeatedly in Deuteronomy to find concrete ways to commemorate those events. And as we move into 2021 and this period of transition in which we wait between the old normal and the uncertainty of the new normal on the other side of COVID, your waiting doesn't have to be wasted time. It can be a time in which you strengthen your sense of who you are as a child of God and unleash hope for a vital and bright and vibrant future as a child of God, come what may.
In just a moment, I'm going to close with a word of prayer. And the camera recording this talk will shut off and your screen will go dark. But may I challenge you not to just get up and go about your day and forget this message. Rather, may I challenge you to spend some time today commemorating a moment when God met you, when God intervened. When he did something significant, when his faithfulness to you was so evident, despite your unfaithfulness. When you're in between the past and the future, what you need most are faith and hope. But faith is something that can't be affected directly. You can't muster faith by an act of the will. It has to be nurtured indirectly, like a like a flower rooted in soil. Nothing can be done directly to the flower to make it grow. All you can do is till the soil. The act of remembering is a spiritual practice that tills our soil. And it's through this that the flower of faith and hope grows. May I challenge you in just a moment after I pray to just spend some time commemorating, remembering, Something that God has done for you in the past. His faithfulness to you. Despite circumstances. Despite your faithlessness. Just remember. Remember. Would you bow with me for prayer? Our Lord Jesus Christ. The most significant moment that anyone can remember. Is the moment that you intervened in time and space. Born onto the earth as a human being and then died on a cross for our sins. For those that are watching or listening to this this morning, Lord, I pray that you would bring that to their mind first and foremost. That you intervened in the time and space to redeem humanity from its sins through the cross, through your death on the cross. Lord, in addition to that moment, There have been other times that you have intervened into our individual lives. Things that you have done that seemed impossible, miraculous. Ways that you moved that redeemed failures, redeemed hurts, redeemed things that have been done to us. Ways that you've brought healing into our lives. Lord, would you enable us this morning to remember those? And as the days go by, as we wait to get to the other side of COVID, would you strengthen us as we remember your faithfulness, not our unfaithfulness, but your faithfulness to us. And Lord, would you strengthen us through that? Ground us in our identity as children of God and give us a sense of hope about our future. And it's in Christ's name that we